Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. This is a different intro because Austin is sick and I'm not. I'm BJ and Austin is probably the one who won't be talking much. Hey everybody. (laughs) So he has been very sick this week, so we'll see exactly what we have going on. Uh, We wanted to make sure that we did a kind of short episode, but also a follow-up episode to our last one where we have been playing a lot of Dragon Quest Builders 2, and we really wanted to talk about this. Like, we have loved this game. We keep seeing so many other people online loving this game, so we want to really just talk about it, uh, talk about our experiences with it, what we like, uh, which is a whole lot, and really just let you know what the game shapes up into after that first initial impression that we had last time. So we are both near the same place in the game. Austin is a little bit ahead of me because I've been bouncing back and forth between Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 this weekend. So it's been uh, slowing me down on Dragon Quest a bit. But we're both on or just slightly past the second island now. So it uh, it is a much... I don't want to say it's a different game at this point, but it does feel different to me. Is that the case with you too? Yeah, I think so. Um you know, the first island, Furrowfield, it was it focused on gardening, right? That was the big yeah. part of that island. It was all about gardening and collecting like vegetables and things. Uh, while the second island, it's called, I guess you pronounce it like Crumbledon? Crumbledoon? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I always say Dune because of things like uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so um, not sure. But anyway, uh, it focuses on mining, and so you're d- getting a lot more into like, like uh, precious metals and making ingots and things like that that you saw in the first Dragon Quest Builders game much earlier on in that game. Yeah, um, it's very early. It's before the first boss and everything in the in the first one, which I'm glad this waited until the second island. Um, I really love the second island. I still think I liked Furrowfield a bit better. Me too. I liked Furrowfield a bit better, and it's taken... The way that the, y'all, for those of you who haven't played this, we're going to stay spoiler-free for the story and everything, but kind of talk about the mechanics of it and what each island like has to offer so that you'll know that going in. And the structure of the second island is kind of you're looking for different kinds of metal in the mines and that kind of thing as you're rebuilding this mining town. And so I am to the point where I'm about halfway through what I'm having to collect. I've just now gotten to the point where I really like this place. It took me a long time to like it. I still don't really care about the settlement that I'm building. Yeah, it took me a bit longer to like the settlement as well. Um, but you do, it's just like with Furrowfield where you, you gather more villagers and NPCs and stuff. And as, as the town builds up more and more, like I, I really came to like it. I'm glad, I'm glad this wasn't the first island. Like there's nothing wrong with this island. And I still, you know, I, I loved it overall. But, um, if this had been the first island in the game, I want to say I would have kept playing it. But like, I just, I did not like 
I don't like mining very much in games. And, uh, for me, uh, the mines and two, you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, I've been sick. I've been on like some really strong, like good cold medicine to try to make me better. Real good stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that or, uh, or what, but the mines, when I would be in there, sometimes they made me feel claustrophobic for like the first time ever in a video game. I felt kind of claustrophobic and like it really made me nauseated some of the time. Oh, wow. Like, I understand what you're talking about because it it didn't make me claustrophobic and nauseated. I don't really get motion sick at all. But one of the things about the mines that I don't tend to like mines and minecart levels in video games, those are like my least favorite trope in pretty much any video game. Uh But what what it's got for me on this one is the camera. The camera in the mines is really finicky where it, when you circle it around a little bit, it'll get caught because there's like a physical camera where it will stop against the wall and zoom in when you get too close. And it just kind of flips around every once in a while where I understand what that is because my big issue with the mines isn't so much anything except being able to see and navigate and, and use the camera effectively. I think for me, I noticed the camera a bit too. That wasn't necessarily what bugged me. I think it was that, and and it's it's a bit further than from where you are, but you get you get a flute, okay, that lets you you play it, and it can lead you to like rare treasures and stuff. And you have nice. to use it. To, you have to use it to like try to find stuff uh, to advance the story. And there's like these little musical notes that appear, and you just start digging through walls, and the notes. The notes disappear after a while. So you have these notes. Like, I haven't gotten to this part. So when you're digging through the walls, is it like you're having to, like, dig out, like, different directions to figure out where the treasure is? Uh, yes. So so you play it, and the notes, they follow you. Uh, they go through the wall, but then they disappear. And they'll, they'll say, like, treasure is nearby or treasure is very far away. And you basically just have to dig and dig through, like, walls of the same gray, like, dirt earth whatever it's called yeah Um, and you just keep digging through it and it's just the same and for some reason that just like got to me like it seemed like it went forever and ever and ever and i just got to feeling just like i don't know i felt like i was in purgatory (laughs) i i get it because there have been times where i'm just like that place looks like there's going to be a secret over there and i dig through it and it just keeps going and I'm like, there's not a secret here. And it really it, it really is claustrophobic that way. But that's because I've been going out of my way to try to find things. I haven't like I said, I haven't gotten to the point where you get that flute, but I'm probably fairly close to it given where I'm I'm going and I found there's a I'm not even gonna say this part of it, but uh once you get down further into the mines, you find a lot more landscape than just traditional <coughs> dirt wall mines. And so it's it's something that I expect to get pretty soon because I'm getting into the more exotic parts under underground. And sorry about that sound. I accidentally just stuck my thumb into the fan. <laughs> <laughs> that is staying in. I feel bad for your uh, for you editing. Sorry, my thumb totally. I was trying to adjust the fan, and my thumb got caught. And it, uh, it anyway. That was what that loud rang. <laughs> I was gonna edit it out until this. So uh, everybody listening, you're welcome. But I did find so talking about going off the beaten path. I did find a pretty cool uh, rock bomb bed. I think I sent you a picture of it. I found it this morning. 
I like it. Yeah, I was uh, going through, and I haven't looked at the recipe for it, but around it are like two rock bomb shards. And so I'm like, I haven't been able to find any more of those. So I look forward to being able to find, like, you know, when we get to kill rock bombs, because I haven't found those yet. I, f- I only found a few, and it was in a... It was in a room that, like, I had to dig for a little while, and then I just came up into this open little area. Yeah. And there were, like, five or six rock bombs around, and I just, um, you know, bought some of them. Some of them exploded before I could kill them and things like that. Okay. That Um, sounds neat. Like, that's one of my favorite parts of this game. So, I like the building. This is the first time I can honestly ever say that in a video game, I have gone and stopped the main story, stopped the main part of the game in progression, so that I could just build something that I wanted to have that was cool. And so, I've liked that part a lot, but I've really, really, really enjoyed the combat, which is silly because the combat is not that great, but I've liked going going around and filling out the bestiary in the Builderpedia and just seeing all of the stuff. And it's been really neat because they're, I love, I love Dragon Quest monsters, like not the video game series. Cause I haven't played those, but the monsters in Dragon Quest. And I don't know what it is about these. I'm like, Oh, this is where bunny corns live. Or of course there would be rock bombs down here. Or when it's nighttime and you get, I can't remember if it's the hoodlum that comes out at night in the caves. I'm like, oh, that's why he comes out. That's awesome. Like, I love it for some reason because they're based on environment and biome and then different times. For some reason, that makes it so much better than a traditional like Dragon Quest XI where they're just as pretty. But it's like, oh, that's an enemy in an RPG. And this is like, I dug into this one's home. Now I'm going to kill it. I don't know what it is about that, but I love it. And you found, you found like a cool, and saw it um, a little while before we started recording, you found like a cool, it's a block, it looks like an earth block, but it has a face. Like yeah, a it's a mud slime, like a, an earth block slime. I'd had to look on Twitter to see the exact name, because I did post the picture on Twitter, and it was a slime that I've never seen, even in like the, the Dragon Quest wikis and looking at all of the monsters and extra different kinds of slimes in the Dragon Quest Monsters games that I've never seen. the. Uh, it's like a block of earth that has a slime face on it, and it's just kind of neat. Like I was like, this is completely new to me, and it just made me so excited to find. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm really jealous that you found that, because I've been in those mines a ton. I'm not even on that island anymore, and I never ran into a single one of those. It's a muddy box slime, is what it's called, muddy box slime. Like, I thought I had totally, like, explored everything on that island, and then I see this picture of the muddy box slime, and I'm like, well, dang, there's one I missed. What you need to do is go back to this island, and if you can go on top, they also exist on top of the mines. Like, if you go on top of the go on top of the mountains outside, you can find them there. And the way that you can tell where these are versus anything else is that they will not attack you unless you attack them first. So I was in the fight with some mad moles and then I was just kind of swinging around and all of a sudden this mimic came out is what I thought it was. Like I thought it was about to to turn into one of the uh, chest monsters or something and it just turned out to be this. So if you find a standalone block of earth 
it's just in the middle of the floor. Like it's not connected to anything else. It's not one that is up against the wall where you like try to pick it up or dig through. And it's like, ha ha, gonna eat you. And it's nothing like that. It's just a standalone block. After you get to the, uh, once you go way past the iron part. And uh, on your way to the uh, the special part, I don't even want to say the first exotic place, right. and you'll find it just sitting there in the middle of the floor or on top of the mountains outside, where if you're running around that big mesa up top, you'll find the same thing of just blocks of earth. And when you attack it, it attacks you back and becomes the uh, muddy box slime. Gotcha. So I'm going to have to revisit that and try to find that, because that's actually what I was doing this morning was I was running back around the island because I want to, I'm trying to fill in all the spaces on my map. Right. Uh, so I ran around the whole island uh, trying to fill in the spaces and cleaning up any of the uh, mini metal puzzles in the, like the overworld part of the map. Yeah. Because so much of the, the second island, the story, it deals with the mine. So you're like underground in this mine excavating different sections of tunnels and stuff like that instead of exploring all the overworld which makes it feel very different from the first island very different it makes it feel less explory i guess and more on rails but it's not really it's no more it's no different in terms of how the story is playing out but because you're underground it feels that way it feels totally different yeah, and so I just, at different times in the story, I would go and explore part of the island and try to find puzzles and super strong monsters and all that. Um, I thought I was done. I, I know that I'm not because I've only found nine mini medals, so I knew I was going to have to revisit the island sometime because I think what I'm missing must be in the mine somewhere, like hidden. I think there's one that I saw. I haven't been there yet. There is a mini metal all the way to the south past the docks that you fly to. Have you done that one? Yeah, I've been okay. I've been everywhere in the like overworld part of the island and I thought I had I found like two or three inside the mines. I I thought there were 10 mini metals on each island, but I could be wrong. I need to just google it and try to find it sometime. Instead of wasting like two or three hours going around and uh, mm-hmm. not having not actually finding anything because it doesn't exist right yeah so um so i did that killed some super strong monsters which you get some really cool from killing those i know we talked about in the last episode recipes that will drop and things you can learn uh, from defeating these monsters and so i got a really cool set of dragon armor and a sword to go along with it it's called like a i think it's called like a dragon slayer sword or something like that but anyway it's a matching set and I just this morning found the dragon armor that right before this, I told you, you were like, hey, I can record right now. And I was like, cool, let me save this. I had killed the super strong monster where I got the dragon armor and gone up top. Right after that, I climbed up to the top of the mesa and found a puzzle that I just finished the uh, the mini metal puzzle up top and then I had to save it and come in here. So it was I haven't found the one for the sword yet, but you sent me a picture of it and it looks really cool. I really like that set. Right now, I have actually changed the glamour uh, on my dragon armor uh, using the dressing room, you know, where you can change. I haven't found that. Where do, is that after you get the... No, you get it on the Isle of Awakening after you return from Furrowfield. Whenever uh, Harry Hermit, uh, he gives you, uh, he tells you there's a dressing table like around the corner. 
Oh, I've never and, done that. Yeah, That's I just awesome. I went and destroyed it and then put it inside the house that I built for myself in the Isle of Awakening. <laughs> yep, I'll, I'm going to be doing that. Um, yeah, I mean that I may be leaving Crumble Dune and going and getting that and then uh, doing it. You don't have to do that because you actually have to craft one as part of a quest in the main story on uh, Crumble Dune or Crumble Dune. Okay, but you get that, and I put the the. Uh, Middenhall armor on my guy because right. I like it. It's from Dragon Quest Two. I like that it has the little like uh, emblem of Erdrick on the belt and everything. Ah, uh, okay. So I've got that one. Even though I really like the dragon armor, and more than anything, it's just because I've been playing in the dragon armor for like ten hours, and I wanted a change. Right. I finally had fur because I visited this new island, uh, so I could craft the Middenhall armor. And so I went ahead and made it, and then it's new right now, so that's why I'm running around then. That's really awesome. Like, I had to, I actually started wearing, I think it was like Wanderer's clothes before. I didn't realize that you could do the uh, glamour. I'd apparently must, I apparently skipped through that kind of dialogue and, or didn't read it carefully enough. And it, uh, I couldn't stand the turtle armor. <laughs> that I was wearing. I just couldn't take it anymore. And I just put on the weaker armor. I was like, I'm going to jump out of the way more. I just can't do this. And then I got the, uh, then I got the chainmail armor as for leveling up. And I was like, yeah, that's going yeah. on no matter uh, what. I like the turtle armor. You even made fun of my turtle armor. I did. I don't like it. Like I wore it for a little while because it's really good armor at that point, but it looks, there's a level of dumb that I like in video games. And there's a level of dumb where I can't stand it. And that turtle armor wore on me to where it went from dumb, cool to being like dumb, take this off. Now, oh, never putting it on. I again. liked it. I like, it made me feel like a Koopa. You did. You look like a Koopa. You look like a, a DQ Koopa. And it was, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I hated it. I hated it after a while. Like I said, I wore it and liked it for the first little bit. Like <laughs> I'm a turtle, but it, it, gotcha. it wore on me, graded on me. But, you know, speaking of things that you get from monsters, it's like I have not unequipped the poison needle that I got on mm-hmm. Furrowfield. And it is so amazing that I really fear the day that I find something that I have to replace it with because it procs all the time. It killed the super strong monsters that I found on the Explorer Isles. It killed the super strong monster that I got the dragon mm-hmm. armor from. That it's just, you know, one hit kills and it actually procs really, really often for me. And I know you said that it didn't proc as often on Crumble Dune as it did uh, the first island for you, but I haven't noticed that at all, even on stronger monsters. It's it's helped me a great deal just to uh, speed up killing things. Like it's it's been awesome. So I really suggest to anybody out there that if you find that or if you don't find that, you need to go back and find it and craft it because it's really good. I, I kept it for a long time and I didn't notice it doing the one hit kills nearly as much in Crumble Dune. And so I I eventually traded it out for the uh, the dragon sword that I was talking about. Because the poison needle, right. I mean, I agree with you. It procs really good, but it's like plus 20, I think, to your attack. Yeah, it does not have a strong attack. And the dragon sword that I have is like plus 50-something, I think. Maybe right. even plus 60. I think it's plus 52. It might be 62. But either way, it's like a considerably higher number than 20. And so for the longest time, I was still using it because it was um, just a little lower than the kind of weapons I had. But now it's so much lower it just, especially later on that island, I feel like it doesn't work as well. 
I mean, I've still kept it around. I still trade it in from time to time. Pro tip here, something that I did this morning that I can tell you about and other people if they haven't figured this out already. At the end of each island, you know how you ask the NPCs to join you and some of them will? Well, they stay in your party, right? And you're supposed to walk to the boat and get on the boat and then leave. Well, this morning, just completely by accident, I left the village and started trying to fill in the rest of the map. And so I got in a couple of fights with some super strong monsters I hadn't found before. Yeah. But they're all in my party, so they all help me kill it. So if you, so oh. so if you're having trouble on these islands with these monsters, just killing them, just you and Malroth, you can totally wait till you're supposed to head to the boats. And instead of going to the boat to leave, just walk around the island, find the super strong monsters, and get you, Malroth, and like the other eight or nine people in your party to just like go nuts on it. That's a really good, really really good idea. Yeah, I totally discovered it by accident this morning, but I wanted to share that because I was like, I'm totally going to use this to my benefit uh, later on. (laughs) And speaking of things that are really cool, uh, now I think it is time for our shameless self-promotion segment. Are you not doing the theme song? Shameless! There we go. (laughs) It can be... For just a second, I thought you weren't going to do the theme song when I got sad. Uh, so today, uh, during the segment, we just wanted to remind everybody about our uh, newsletter. You can totally go to dragonquest.fm. Uh, it's where you can also listen to uh, episodes of this podcast. You can leave us voice messages, and you can sign up for a newsletter. Once you sign up, you get a cool little welcome email with a meet your host uh, type thing with photos, things like things that BJ and I like. So we're going to be sending out newsletters uh, every so often. Those do have exclusives and things like that in there. Uh, so make sure uh, that you sign up for our newsletter. That's at dragonquest.fm is where you can find all that. Um, and then we also found out this weekend that, thanks to you guys messaging us, that the glow.fm link only let you pledge $5 or more that you can't do it for the $1 to a million dollars like we had said. And that's not what we want. Uh, we want to make it that is accessible to anyone who wants to toss a buck our way. So what we've done is we've set up a Patreon, uh, like every other podcast that you listen to that you can find at patreon.com slash dragon quest FM. And you'll be able to see all of the different tiers that we have on there where you can get the Erdrich's long lost cousin discord role and we actually have one where you can get Dragon Quest FM stickers, which we know that you want because we wanted them as well. So if you go to patreon.com slash FM, you can check that out, um, and we'll be replacing all of the glow.fm links in our notes and things like that with the Patreon link because we did not want to make that inaccessible to anyone. So we wanted to thank you for letting us know that, that the setting it to a dollar was actually a dollar extra and that was not within what we had set up and wanted that to be so we decided to do the patreon instead so we really appreciate you guys for wanting to support us and seeing that and letting us know all right and then some other cool things going back to dragon quest builders 2 i'm noticing here on your notes uh something about slime stacks like benefits of slime stacks 
So I love the slime stacks. Like I love these rare monster things that we've got, these rare craftables. And I noticed on the Isle of Awakening that if you uh, have them and you have multiples of them or anything, if you have like slime, this, actually craft the slime stacks or the Draki stacks, that you get a ton of the benevolence. That you that you can buy all of the stuff. I don't think it's actually called benevolence in this game. Actually, it's uh, gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah, the little hearts. Gratitude. Yes. Okay, that's something. That's actually a a nod to dragon quest nine where the more good that you do the it works into the story of the more good you do and help people that there is this uh energy called benevolence that you're trying to collect and uh you basically get like angel power from it and so that's really the same thing as like the more cool stuff you do and help people you get this gratitude which is the exact same thing and so i in my mind it's always just been benevolence that i'm running around and collecting because i love dragon quest nine but um um, what I've noticed is that as you do that, if you need more, because you have to unlock different islands, the Explorer's Isles, and different craftables with those hearts, that uh, if you have these stacks of special rare things, your NPCs will like stand in front of them and stare and just basically poop hearts everywhere. And you can go around and collect them. Like, I've gotten like hundreds of them that way where I've unlocked the blossom aisle. I think something that I haven't been to yet. I've unlocked so many different crafting things from it. Like it's just every time, like, and I was just, while I was building my house on the Isle of awakening and doing some of those extra tasks. So if you guys have unlocked stuff like that, it was a DLC code that came with the game, or you found any of the stuff that you can craft on furrow field. It's, they really like rare stuff. So if you put those out on your house, like next to their bathrooms, wherever it is, they will find it, stand in front of it and just like explode and poop hearts. I wondered. So now that you mentioned that, I built a little house for myself on the river there on the Isle of Awakening. Right. And made myself like a little fishing pier and like a little beach house, basically. Yeah. And I put a bunch of the stackable like draggies, stackable slimes, things like that around my house. I've never seen them do that, but I've always, I've been wondering because when I come back to my house, they'll just be like a pile of hearts outside my door, which is where the stackable, the stackable signs are right beside my door. And I thought they were just leaving him outside my house because, you know, it's me and I'm a player. So they were like leaving me hearts. I didn't even realize that it was because they were leaving them there because I had the stackable slimes placed outside my door. If you watch, uh, and I've noticed it at night, I don't know during the day, it might be doing it during the day, like whatever the guy is from Furrowfield who says that he is your mama, your daddy, and your brother and sister, yeah. like that guy. Bonanzo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Bonanzo or whatever it is. I just call him mama, <laughs> actually, <laughs> in my head. Uh, whenever you'll see him just stand there and stare at it. He just stands like directly next to the stackable slimes and he just, you'll see hearts pop off of him. And it's so funny to me just watching that. Uh, so, so pay attention to that when you go back. It's really, really cool. And that's how I've been able to afford a lot of the stuff. I haven't had to worry about currency at all. I've been able to buy whatever I've wanted and, uh, just keep up with it by putting out the uh, rare items that I found. Gotcha. So that's really cool. And then you also, uh, going back to the Explorer's Isles and stuff like that, I know you texted me, you found a great Sabercat statue. 
Yeah, the the one Explorer Isle that I did, like the Soggy Slurry or something like that, the very first one, it doesn't cost very much to open up, uh, like 20 hearts or something, which was super easy, 50 maybe. And uh, I went on there, explored around, and one of the super strong monsters I found, the only one I could find on that one, uh, was a great saber cat. And so I fought it, and it was really cool because I love saber cats anyway, but when I killed it, it dropped a great saber cat statue, which is isn't a craftable. You don't learn how to make it, but you have the statue that you can then put in your house. And so I've got myself a little trophy room that I've built myself, and that one is kind of on a pedestal there. And I really, really like it, so it looks super cool. And that's so cool. I, I have to go back, because the guy, Brownbeard, the yeah. captain of the little ship that takes you around, he said that they're randomly generated or something yeah, like that. The, he said it I, in his own words. He's like, they're always going to change, so make sure you come back here often or something like that. Yeah, all of the Explorer's Isles are randomly generated when you go into it. So you'll never have the same, the exact same island, even if it's got the same biomes on it. Gotcha. And so I'm I'm pretty jealous because I finished up the, the two scavenger hunts that came the first time I did it. Right, same. And and found those items and then just left because I didn't see anything else cool on the island. So, uh, so I'm extremely jealous that you got a great saber cat statue. And that was one that I accidentally found. It was while I was still doing the the scavenger hunt while I was still looking for the stuff. Uh, I didn't. Once I finished that, I left. But uh, I, I well, actually, I, I explored a little bit more to try to find a second super strong monster but when i didn't i ended up leaving but i was still maybe three quarters of the way through i just got lucky running across it so it was uh really cool and i mean that one that one's really neat because i, I love saber cat so i got really excited just solely because of that and i've still got to go back to furrow field and kill one of the super strongs i actually didn't kill the orc king there when i was on the on the aisle uh, yeah gotcha so um, I know we mentioned last week, in last week's episode, neither one of us had experienced frame rate issues. We had heard yeah. that there were some frame rate issues on the Switch. Uh, I have to admit, I did actually, uh, I have had a couple of frame rate issues um, on the second island. Oh, really? I haven't and run into any. Like, that's one that I've not yet. So it, I don't, when was it that you found them? When you ran into it, rather. So in my mind, it's almost understandable, and it's nothing that it's nothing that bugs me enough. Where I'm like, no, don't play the Switch version of it. Like I feel like the pros to playing the Switch version, like you know, being able to switch between handheld and docked, you know, right. outweighs the frame rate. Um, and it may even be, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, maybe this is something that's happened on the PS4 as well. But for me, it happened. There's a couple of times when you have. I don't know, a dozen maybe NPCs following you around in the mines. Yeah. And you get these wrecking balls, like in the first one, to blow right. stuff up. And so there's like hundreds, maybe even thousands of little blocks oh, that are laying around yeah. the ground. And so it's like there's a thousand blocks, there's like 10 NPCs, there's monsters attacking you. There's just a lot going on. Um, that I've, I've had it happen there twice when I was using wrecking balls. And then in one of the in one of the waves of enemies that attack your village on the second island, yeah, there was just uh, I guess a lot going on with the enemies destroying like a big sand wall I had built around the city and stuff like that. And so I have had a couple of issues there, but nothing that was like you know I had to restart the game or like it 
just kind of froze or anything or where like that. it crashed or anything right nothing like that it was just kind of like you know glitchy little like frame rate stuff and I haven't run into that at all. Like, like I've had zero slowdown, but I've also been docked all weekend long because my wife is out of town. She took her mom out of town uh, for a weekend uh, for her birthday. So I've just been sitting at home playing video games. And while I've got the TV to myself, I've been playing this playing uh, Dragon Quest Builders and Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and I don't know if the frame rate is better or worse when docked. I've seen people say both, and I don't know, but I know I've run into zero this way. And and I, I guess I should say that. I, I've been playing on handheld pretty much exclusively. Uh, I've played it docked three separate times, once this morning, uh, once when I first got the game, and then once over the weekend when I was trying to figure out co-op with my daughter, Naomi, mm. uh, we were playing at dot then. Uh, so mostly it's been handheld. So I guess, I don't know if that affects it or not, but it, I was definitely playing handheld any of the times I had frame rate issues. I'm really sad how much I like it on the TV when it's docked. I'm really, really sad about it because it's, if I knew I was going to like it as much, I might have gotten the PS4 version where I love the Switch. Like, I love everything on the Switch. I love everything about the Switch. I know we mentioned that last episode, but I don't have trophies. And playing on the TV and not getting trophies has made me sad that I really <laughs> want the Xbox and Microsoft. I want Xbox achievements on Switch because they have this partnership that they've been talking about. And so I'm really hoping that Xbox achievements are going to come onto the Switch, but I don't have anything like that on the Switch. And it makes me sad seeing other people get them that I've seen uh, our friend Ken Murray on Discord and Twitter, who is uh, just a fantastic person. And he's talked about this might be his first platinum game on PS4. <laughs> and that made me so sad. It's like, I can't platinum this game. Like, I could do everything on there, and I know it's silly, I could do everything on there that was for a platinum and not get any recognition for it or remember it later, and I'm like, I'm not doing that, which is completely arbitrary and kind of silly on my part, but it, it, I'm sad. Are you sad you got it on Switch, or are you glad you have it on handheld for all of that still? Yeah, I'm glad I got it on Switch, because uh, I mean, if I weren't able to play it on handheld, I would probably still be somewhere in Burrowfield right now. Yeah. Um, and so, and it just comes with, you know, having a pretty busy life and having like, you know, three small kids and things like that. It's just, uh, you know, handheld, when I'm on the go, when I've got some free time, I can chip away at it a little bit at a time, you know? And two, I've been, I've been sick, so I've gotten to play it way more than I normally would have anyway because I haven't felt just like doing lots of ordinary stuff. So I've been laying around playing this a lot while the kids or my wife watch TV. And so, cause they've, they've, and they've been sick too. So, you know, we're all kind of just like laying around the house a lot lately. They're all better. I'm just, I was the last one to get sick. So I'm the la I guess I will be the last one to get better. <laughs> which is, which is really stinky, but I totally understand like keeping the switch on for that. And like once Jennifer gets back home, I'm going to be the same way again. I'm going to be playing more on handheld and the, only like real issue i've had on handheld uh that 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 has really made me like actual gameplay issue that's made me play it docked more uh is because of my old man eyesight 
that some of the stuff on the screen when it pops up is really, really tiny and hard to see. And mm-hmm. I have to do that whole thing where I pull my glasses down and hold the console <laughs> up and oh. like get it really close to my eyes to read what it says, because otherwise I would have no idea what it was. And like I was on my fit desk the other night holding it on handheld, uh, like riding the uh, the bike exercise bike while uh, while playing. And I couldn't play it because I couldn't see it. Like, I had to hold it so far away from my face that on handheld, I actually couldn't see it. And it's like, that is the worst thing that I've ever had happen in terms of video games. It's like, man, you are physically getting to the point where you can't play this video game. And it's 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 horrifying. Yeah, I, I gotcha. I, I do miss getting trophies, especially when I've seen, kind of like you mentioned earlier, seeing people post online about getting them or seeing... Uh, when I log in on the PS4 and I see for like friends have like recently like achieved the trophy in Dragon Quest Builders 2. Yeah. I'm like, and I just, I see it and I'm like, man, I've already done that. Like that could be mine. <laughs> no, it, it, it's really silly, but, but it makes me, makes me jealous. So even with that said, like, I know you said that you tried co-op with your daughter and you texted me yesterday and you have to have multiple switch systems to do local co-op. That if you're going to do any kind of co-op, even even then, I guess it would be online co-op still, but you have to have multiple systems to do that. You can't dock it and then use two uh, Joy-Cons or two controllers to do co-op that way. And I understand that, thinking about it, like frame rate issues, blah, 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 uh, UI issues, but still, it's really stinky. And uh, But even though I haven't even tried it yet, it's like, this might be my favorite Dragon Quest game. Like, of oh, all the wow. ones I've played so far, like, I feel more of a compulsion to play this one than I did even 11. And I'm really enjoying this. And that is ridiculous because 9 is amazing. Uh, 11 is just mind-blowingly good. and But this one has, has that kind of dopamine hit, want to come back to it and just see what all is there exploration that I can't, I can't get enough of right now. And I think part of that is the way the gameplay is set up. And I actually, I actually wrote about this on uh, this week's uh, blog post uh, for my weekly blog. Uh, it's dragonquestaustin.com for those of you who want to check that out. And so uh, I actually wrote up a little mostly spoiler-free bit about Dragon Quest Builders 2. And I talked about that where I think where it's very addictive. And I think it's because of the gameplay. Because there's, in this game, there, there's always something else you can do. Like even if even if it's not related to story, there's rare artifacts to find. There's NPC missions. There's super strong monsters to kill, and then there's just stuff to build. You know, you can go back to the Isle of Awakening and build up your own place. You can visit one of these other islands, build up your you know own base there again. You can go to these islands and do scavenger hunts. It's just like you never feel finished in this game. It's like there's always something that you could be doing. Which sounds, which generally overwhelms me. When that's in a game, I generally don't want to do that kind of thing. It it feels like way too much of an investment. But because this one is so controlled and the way that it's compartmentalized across different islands and the way that it's just set up, it makes me want to keep playing it. And so I really, I really like that. And so I know we're almost out of time for today, but I did want to mention uh, the, the second boss which I won't bring up anything other than tell you it's the second boss in the game. Um, but it was really fun. I know 
you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard BJ and I talk about the first boss in the first builders game and how neither one of us liked it. But um, the second boss, I think, was it was really fun, and I definitely liked it better than even the first boss in Dragon Quest Builders Two. It, I like the mechanics of it. It still it still plays like a platformer boss fight. Right. Uh, I like, but I like the mechanics of it, and um, I, I had a good time doing it. It was challenging. It wasn't like at first I thought it was going to be kind of a pushover fight, and then it was a little challenging, um, but not not challenging in a bad way. Like what? It, it still wasn't hard, but it was like it still prioritized fun over difficulty. Right. Where it wasn't frustrating to play, it was just difficult enough to test you, which is what yeah. a good boss fight should do. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I had a good time with it, and uh, you know, I thought I was completely done with Crumbledon, but now after us talking about it, I guess I'll have to go back and at least try to find that. What'd you call it, muddy box slime? Yeah, muddy box slime. So I'll have to find that, and uh, apparently I'm missing a mini metal puzzle. I'll have to Google that, and make sure there's not this nine on that island. And I'm going to go back to the Isle of Awakening very soon. And because I didn't finish out the Furrowfield mini medals, I have enough now that I've just done things where I'm going to go get the, it wasn't Middle March armor. What was it? That Middenhall? Middenhall armor. Middenhall? I don't know. I always said Middenhall. It's like, uh, you know, there's not voice acting in Dragon Quest 2. And uh, I don't know what the preferred way of saying it is, but I always just read it as Middenhall. And there's no voice acting in this either. So it's... uh. It's Middenhall. I'm definitely going to go get that soon uh, because I want to see what it is and I can craft it now. So do you have any final thoughts about this? You know, uh, I can't think of anything that necessarily haven't said already between last week's episode, this week's episode and uh, the blog post I did on it. I'm sure you and I will do a like final thoughts episode down the line once we both beat it. Talk about that third island and, you know, all that good stuff. But for right now, it's just, you know, I think this is a great game. It may be my favorite Dragon Quest side game. I, it's okay. not my favorite DQ game, but I may like it better than the Dragon Quest Heroes games. I definitely like it better than the first builders. And like you, I've got Dragon Quest Monsters Joker, but I haven't played any of those yet. Yep. Uh, so, so right now, I think that Dragon Quest Builders 2 is probably my favorite uh, Dragon Quest side game. It's really fun. If you haven't played it yet, uh, you know, highly recommend it. Uh, to everybody i think it's um definitely worthwhile and uh you know i I can't remember if i've said this on the show or not i know i said to you that even if you don't like minecraft i think you should give this a try because it's similar to minecraft but it's also very different i mean it is a building sandbox game but it's just uh it's so much different from minecraft in almost every aspect that even if you don't like Minecraft or aren't interested in Minecraft, I still recommend you know playing this game and giving it a try. Yeah, and I've said it before. I'll keep saying it. You'll see me tweet about it. I've said it in the last episode. I've said it in this episode. I don't like builder games. This is literally the only building game like Minecraft or Portal Knights or Trove or anything like this that I like that I've stuck with for really more than an hour. And I've put in so much time on this already, just exploring that uh, in my mind, because everything is self-centered and I'm egotistical, that's the highest praise I can really give it is I've never liked a game in this genre before and have tried so many of them. So I hope you guys give it a shot and that we've uh, convinced you to at least give it a shot, I guess is the way to put it. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. 
Uh, and you can also visit our site. That's at dragonquest.fm. Be sure to leave us voice messages uh, and sign up for that newsletter. Uh, if you want to talk to me personally, you can reach me on Twitter at underscore Austin underscore King. And you can read my weekly Dragon Quest blog, which is dragonquestaustin.com. And you can talk to me on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's. And I do a podcast called the Geek to Geek podcast that you can find at geek2geekcast.com. And this show, along with Geek to Geek and Austin's Dragon Quest Austin blog, is part of the Geek to Geek media network where we have wonderful live streams and bl- other blogs and different podcasts uh, such as Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea and Geektitude with uh, Joe and Ray. And you will love them. So check those out at geek2geekmedia.com. Join our Discord if you would like at discord.geek2geekmedia.com or our Slack at slack.geek2geekmedia.com and uh, we hang out in there all the time and Austin will not and we need to shame him into it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a story for another day. We're going to tease it. To be continued. We'll find this out next time. And speaking of next week, next week's episode, uh, you know, you guys voted on it. We are doing a full episode over Dragon Quest 2, which is good because it will tie in closely to Dragon Quest Builders 2. So uh, make sure you stick around, join us next week uh, for that special listener's choice episode uh, over Dragon Quest 2. Bye, everybody. Bye.